that must be it. Father, tonight we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge you, Holy Spirit. As we worship, as we hear the living Word of God go forth, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Open them to see and our ears to hear, Lord God. Let our hearts be good ground to receive the word, the seed of God's Word tonight in Jesus' name. I'm going to lift up Jesus. I'm going to lift up Jesus. I'm going to lift up Jesus. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Be exalted in this place, God of mercy and grace. Let your name forevermore be lifted high. For your praise is on our lips as we sing about your goodness may our words and through our lives we testify and I'm gonna lift up Jesus yes I'm gonna lift up Jesus oh I'm gonna lift up Jesus singing glory hallelujah singing glory hallelujah to be exalted in this place God of mercy and grace let your name forevermore be lifted high. For your praise is on our lips. As we sing about your goodness, may our words and through our lives we testify. May our words and through our lives we testify. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. Singing glory, hallelujah. And everyone said, Glory, Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated. Look in your Bibles, if you have your Bibles or your phone app or whatever you use. I'm going to have you look at three passages of Scripture. I'm going to read them. Then we're going to address a subject. First one is in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 
8, Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 8. It says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory I will not give to another, nor my praise to carved images. Behold, the former things have come to pass, and what? New things I declare, before they spring forth I tell you of them. So, before God does anything new in His body, in His church, He tells us what's coming. Amen? Now look at uh, Luke chapter 5. Everyone say new things. Luke chapter 5 and verse 36. Then he spoke to them a parable. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins. Or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled, and the wineskins will be ruined. But new wine, say new wine, but new wine must be put into new wineskins. And both are preserved, and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new. For he says what? The old is better. Now look at John chapter 2. First miracle of Jesus, the wedding at Cana, it says in chapter 2 and verse 1, On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing twenty or thirty gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, Draw some out now, and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. And when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the what? Good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed on him. So he kept the what kind of wine? The good wine. What's coming is the good wine. And, and for some reason, this just this week as I was studying, this just kept going through me about the old and the new wineskins. And so I want to address that subject because, can I be honest with you? There's a lot of old wineskin here in this church. There's a lot of old wineskin in all of us. But the thing is, God, as I read in Isaiah, He'll always give us a heads up. What's coming? So we can do what? Prepare. And so, we have a lot in the days ahead as a church. Corporately and, and individuals, we've, we've got to make sure, because I'll tell you what, if 
God is not going to pour out His Spirit and all the signs, wonders, and miracles on an old wine skin because it can't handle it. He just can't handle it. So we're all thinking about what's coming and and uh, and the thing is the thing that's that we've got to be careful, especially you young people. How many under fifty here tonight? Raise your hand. Do you know you can be an old wineskin too? We tend to relegate that old wineskin to somebody that's old and wrinkled and has little hair. You know, bad skin, wrinkles, whatever. And that's not so. There are a lot of young people that are old wineskins. There are a lot of young adults that still have a lot of old wine. And we're going to have to deal with that in the days ahead. Now, what I'm going to do tonight, because I want to, when I, when I give something like this, I want to make sure it's explicit. I'm not going to wonder around you know the subject I'm going to read to you from books that I've that I've studied on this and uh, so we all have an idea amen now here's a few spiritual truths just basic spiritual truths on wineskins whenever the holy spirit falls or whenever the holy spirit fills people with new wine the structure or organization in which they function must change Old wineskins rip. New wineskins must be used to hold additional life and the power of God. So, if, if we as a church are not ready, then what do we need to do? What? We need to change. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to change, you know, the way we think things should be done. Amen? Old wineskins rip, new wineskins must be used to hold the additional life and power of God. There can be no mighty spiritual awakening in our day without a great shaking of our church organizations, leaders, and structures. There can be no mighty spiritual awakening in our day until there's a change in structure. And how many of you know we've been talking about this for how many years? But sometimes we're just lulled into a, you know, well, it's, you know, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's never going to happen. Well, that's the wrong kind of idea. That's the wrong attitude. I had prophecy given to me, you know, probably 40 years ago hasn't come to pass, but I haven't given up on it. Amen? To move with the Spirit demands constant change. So if you're here tonight and you don't like change, then find another church. Isn't that blunt? I can talk to Steve because Steve can handle blunt. He's a cowboy. He's tough. And the biker in the back, same way. But folks, we're going to have to change. And I'm not just preaching to the choir. I'm talking about me. I have to change. It's in my pocket. I got a new phone. That was a big change for me because you've heard me gripe about that through the years. But did I finally get a... Yeah. Still don't know what I'm doing, but 
I can act like I do when I'm out in public, you know, and put it back. Now, the greater the outpouring, the greater the wineskin ripping. New wine can be found only where new wineskins are in the process of forming. Now, let me say that again. Don't let that go over your head. New wine can be found only where new wineskins are in the process of forming. So if we're not making an effort here in this church, there's not going to be any new wine. There's not going to be any outpouring of the Spirit. There's not going to be any signs, wonders, and miracles. So we have to change. Boy, it got real quiet. Amen? Now, let me... um, read to you kind of, an, kind of an overview, and this is a good description of uh, um, the wineskin thing that I'm talking about, if I can find it here. The author says, i make sure I've got to find the right one here, page, okay. She says, in Bible times, skins were used as containers for liquids. Over a period of times, the skins dried out and became hard and brittle. I think that's what's happening to me. I'm getting older. My skin's just worn out, I guess. When that happened, they were dipped in water. I need to get baptized again. And then rubbed with oil to soften and restore them so that they would be, could be used again. If they were not processed in this way, they became useless because of their hardness and lack of flexibility. Jesus gave us this example as a pattern of what he wants to do in his church. Our dried and hardened hearts must be changed into soft and pliable vessels prepared to yield to his will and contain his new wine. Does he change? Do we change? How each heart experiences this change may vary, but the principle is the same. If we're not flexible, we must be softened by the Spirit or we will break trying to receive the new wine. New wine represents a new move of God's Spirit or a fresh outpouring of the anointing for a specific purpose in the plan of God. We must know how to prepare ourselves. And what we must do to contain the new anointing when it comes, for it will surely come. The old crusty wineskins were first dipped in water to restore moisture. This is symbolic of our hearts being moistened by the washing of the water by the word. Without this cleansing, we build up walls of resistance and unbelief, which keeps us from receiving the flow of the Spirit's power. The wineskins were then rubbed with fresh oil to bring added flexibility and endurance. This fresh oil, which is representative of a new anointing in our lives, is what gives us the ability to move on with God and walk in the new wine of His Spirit. The word anointing actually means to rub and can be interpreted as meaning to smear with oil. The dried and crusty church of this day needs a new wineskin. You agree? There are many changes that need to be made in our hearts and lives as we prepare to receive that change from God. We can rely on His promise. It is not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Amen? Now, this author wrote the book. This is a great book. It's called The Complete Wineskin. I'm just going to go through and read to you 
some passages here, and uh, it won't take long. He says, whenever the Holy Spirit fills people with new wine, the structure, our organization, which they function, must change. Have you heard that tonight? Old wineskins rip. New wineskins must be used to hold the additional life and power of God. We've seen this principle in operation throughout the history of the church when Martin Luther received revelation from the Holy Spirit concerning faith and grace. The established church in that day was ripped into and a new denomination under Luther was born. And that's the Lutherans. Amen? So they started out great. Now listen, when John Wesley... Who was that? Methodist. When John Wesley preached with the fire of the Spirit, a new structure, now known as the Methodist denomination, had to be formed. The same process has occurred again and again as great men or women ministered under a fresh anointing of God's Spirit. What do you think they'd think today with what's going on with the gender deal and the gays and splitting denominations? And it says, and of course we've seen how thousands of churches have formed over the last 50 years as members received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with various manifestations. A new wineskin formed each time new wine was poured in. God is pouring new wine into us. Christians all over the world have been crying out to God for a fresh outpouring of His Spirit. Our Lord has never failed His church. Repeatedly, he's brought powerful spiritual awakenings. Many believe that the last outpouring of God's Spirit that is promised in the Bible, Joel chapter 2, will soon take place. The time for God to move is at hand. Therefore, we should expect our present wineskins to rip. Jesus taught that it is impossible to pour new wine into an old wineskin without ripping it. Now, how many of you know, how, why does it rip? What happens to it? expands, and then, okay. It says, um, how will the present wineskin of the church be changed? We cannot expect to know the same power of the Holy Spirit that the New Testament believers experienced unless we have wineskins similar to theirs. One of the major changes will have to do with the full operation of what we call the fivefold ministry gifts of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Many Christians have thought that the apostle and prophet were only for the New Testament times, but that is wrong. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question. How many churches in Norfolk, Nebraska, really embrace or believe that there's a fivefold ministry gift? Fivefold. I bet there's one. Well, that you can be Pentecostal and but still not believe in the apostle or the prophet. It says Ephesians 4, 11, 13 tells us that all five of these gifts were given by God to the church until we all attain to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to the mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. Now listen to this statement. The church will never reach its fullness nor any form of unity till all five ministry gifts are functioning together in the body of Christ. Today, God is raising up leaders who have these gifts. The church is now undergoing a major reformation in its structure that will enable it to handle a great outpouring of God's Spirit. So do you see the importance? And you know this church, how, how, 
have, haven't you all been taught? Coming for you, Brian. What'd you do? What was I saying? And I got myself all. What? <laughs> oh, I shouldn't even have just stopped to listen to that. Um, he goes on and says, problems with an old wineskin. Now, tonight I, I said this in the beginning, that we're all, we got a little of an old wineskin in all of us. Okay. But God is getting his church ready. He says, unfortunately, the church throughout history has attempted to capture each move of God and build a structure to contain it. Each time God has sent prophets and apostles, given new revelation, and poured out his spirit, people have designed programs, developed doctrinal statements, constructed buildings, and organized denominations in an effort to preserve the work of God. Too often they have thought of their experience with God as the ultimate end, rather than realizing he's taking us from glory to glory. Change, change. As a result, we have numerous wineskins today, but each one reflects what God did in its founding. Organization's not bad, but many Christians are locked into those wineskins, dedicated to the wine of the past, and hence oblivious to the ongoing work of God in raising up a holy bride. Jesus explained <clears throat> that those led by the Spirit will be changing and moving constantly. How many of you pray to be led by the Spirit, then we better be changing and moving constantly. He said, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. To move with the Spirit demands constant change. Our natural tendencies is contrary to God's ways. We like things stable, secure, and comfortable. Don't we? But God demands freedom. His work like the wind never can be limited, boxed in or confined. Our efforts to crystallize and restrict the spirit are contrary to the ongoing work of God. To see this <clears throat> clearly, let's picture in our minds what would happen. This is interesting. If God poured new wine into a denomination run by administrators and pastors, disaster would strike <clears throat> if 100 prophets suddenly arose within an organization giving bold new directions major wineskin ripping would occur the administrators would <clears throat> panic trying to keep their programs functioning the people sedated and everything under control if a thousand souls suddenly were added to the average pastor run church now listen the pastor would be excited for a day but then have a nervous breakdown because it is impossible for one person to care intimately for all those people. Do you see why we're trying to build a foundation of leaders here? A pastor <clears throat> does not have the kind of anointing needed to oversee that many people. An administrator does not have the kind of anointing needed to handle prophets. Today's churches, with an administrator at the head and a wineskin that has already begun to age, could not handle God's power if he chose now to pour out his spirit in abundance. We must remember that changing a wineskin is not just a matter, now listen, of incorporating a few new ideas. The entire wineskin is involved. If God pours out his spirit on an established organization... 
Is this an established organization? He may require the administrators to humble themselves, give up their positions of authority and the corresponding salaries, and submit to wild prophets and apostles who incidentally are not always concerned if they have to rip up established programs from beginning to end. Now listen, you want to um, you get ready to um. Then worship has to change. Can I get an um from you? The pianist. It's too religious sounding. The pianist who has served faithfully Sunday after Sunday may not be too happy about that. Elders and deacons who resist must be removed. I'm pausing for dramatic effect. People that resist what's coming... They're either going to get with it or get run over or be asked to leave. Does that seem harsh? Well, how can you have an organization or a new wineskin if people are resisting the new wine? The building structure needs to be altered. The pulpit may have to be repositioned. The children's department needs to be reorganized. The finances have to be redirected. <clears throat> the secretary even will have to change the bulletin. <laughs> now listen, the greater the outpouring, the greater the wineskin ripping. He says, please do not think I'm denouncing everything going on in our present churches and Christian organizations. Far from it. In fact, I see tremendous works of God happening today. Many people are being brought to Christ and discipled. Devout Christians who love God are laboring with all their strength and to the best of their God-given abilities. Praise God for our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. However, are you listening? We need to understand certain truths so that we draw the line where God draws the line. Yes, God is working through our present wineskins, but no, His great outpouring will not be contained in any one of them. I don't think, folks, we have a clue what's coming. He says, what about you? Thousands of Christians are sitting in dead churches hoping God will wake everybody up. Week after week they endure boredom. Not here. Knowing deep inside that there must be more to the Christian life, they quietly blame Pastor Mike for not praying more. They may grumble about the worship because they don't like the worship leader. They're frustrated with the elders. They don't like that new children's system, that check-in system. Or even worse, they just sit there and accept the lie that God is going to do something someday for their church. They're waiting on God to move while God is waiting on them to move. It is foolish to think that God will pour out His Spirit within our established denominations, even within those that are Holy Spirit-oriented. It is not enough to believe in the Holy Spirit and desire His gifts. 
I got to stop and tell you this. I got a call today from a woman. It was a call for it. I just went home for lunch and very outgoing and vibrant on the other end, which is nice. You don't have people, you know, jumping down your throat. And she says, "We're looking for a church." And and I said, "Oh, okay." I said, "Where you? Where have you been going?" I, she says, "Well, um, what's the big Lutheran, huh?" Our Savior Luther. Oh, you're going there? And she says, well, I, we just don't think we're getting enough meat. I says, well, how often you go? Three or four times a year. Now, by then, my radar... And then she, and then she says, now, they might be here Sunday, so just play, pretend like you don't know these people. And and she kept going. We're led by the Spirit. We we're, we're led by the Holy Spirit. And I said, then why aren't you led by the Holy Spirit and finding a church? I got done and Mike and you shouldn't have done that. Well, I'm sorry. I'm blunt. Yeah, I am blunt, but it's the truth. And and uh, then we got off and she got some how they. They move in the dreams and they have visions. And when I hear people tell me about their dreams and their visions, the radar goes off again. I don't want to hear about you. I want to hear about how you love Him and will do everything in your power to serve Him. What can I do, Pastor, to serve you and your church? So I said, well, I said, then she said, well, we give, we give money. We, we want to give some money. And there's another sign. <clears throat> well, you know, and then we want to give it, we've given it to First Christian. And, and then I said, why aren't, aren't you going to First Christian? Well, long story short, I said, you know, the best thing I could tell you to do is to come here and try us out. You know. It, but I'm t- I said all that to say this. We're going to get people like that in the days ahead. They just don't know better. They've never been taught. They don't have a foundation of the Word of God underneath them. They're like thistles blowing in the wind. One here church, and then the next week that church. It's not going to be that way in the days ahead. So, you know, you're going to have to keep those people away from me. That was good. Very good. You're sharp tonight. But do you see what I'm saying? We're going to get all kinds of people, folks. And some of them are going to try to ruffle our feathers. And if you see my eye, Clint Eastwood, you need to watch the Clint Eastwood movies because then you'll learn what, if I'm doing this, oh, we've got to get over there. Now listen, I love people. And give them the benefit of the doubt if they haven't been, you know, taught or they they just haven't put spiritual roots down. But the days are coming. They have to. But we're going to get those kind of people because they're disillusioned. They're not happy. They're not getting the word. And the thing is that she's all four tongues. She went to um, LifePoint downtown and said, "Um, do you speak in tongues? Well, they said, yeah, we believe in it, but we don't practice it. And she said, what'd she say? 
she made a statement. It was a very astute statement to the gal at LifePoint and says, why do you even believe then if you're not practicing it? <laughs> I can only give messages like this on a Wednesday night. Amen? <clears throat> he says this, if the Holy Spirit's not being permitted to work through his gifts, then he simply is not being allowed to work. The preaching in our long-established churches now consists primarily of old wine sermons. Things have stabilized and become comfortable. The ministers have administrative mentalities. Many of our established wineskins have become old and inflexible. If you want new wine, you must step out of your comfortable world and go to where the Spirit's moving. This will cost you. I remember one older Christian who told me about the beginning of days of the Nazarene denomination and how, how they all had to leave their nice, respectable church to go down to the former, the former Nazarene, forming Nazarene congregation, which met in a storefront building. That's where a lot of that started. <clears throat> They're the glory of God used to fall. Many of have read of the early days in the Methodist and Baptist denominations, the Salvation Army and each of the other organizations. All of them struggled at first. Now listen, this is important. All of them struggled at first. Those who participated had to step out of their comfortable, traditional world and pay a price. At first there were misunderstandings, persecutions, financial struggles, and battles, but God was moving powerfully, saving souls and working miracles. New wine can be found only where new wineskins are in the process of forming. You can go overseas to where new missionaries and churches are being raised, or you can go to a group of believers in your hometown who are working with the unsaved and are pioneering into new territory. You will see the new wine of the Spirit being poured out only where the battle is. Don't let that go over your head. Let me say that once more. You'll only see the new wine of the Spirit being poured out only where the battle is. If you want to watch God moving, go see a new wineskin. So in other words, as the new wine's being poured out, you're going to see, you're going to have some battles. You're going to have people resist it, come against it. You might have people in your own church that have been with you for years that are not embracing the new wine of the Spirit. And all that can, will, will create a strife and division. You can't, you can't put together a church so it can receive new wine if the members are resisting it, are not submitted to authority, and listening to what leadership is saying to do. It isn't going to happen. Your friends may not go with you. Those who are happy with the status quo will not understand. The cost may seem too big, especially because the front line of God's move is associated now listen, because the front line of God's move is associated with new Christians. Say new Christians. Problems and struggles. How could you even help a new Christian with a problem and struggle if you can't get along with somebody in the church? But if you want new wine... The answer is to get in your car and drive to it. To see the Spirit move, you must move with the Spirit. It's your choice. One more. I don't know about you, this helped me. 
It helps me keep my attitude right. Amen? Prepare to become a part of a new wineskin. What will the wineskin be like? In these final chapters, we'll see God's design for the church and how it can operate in today's world. One clarification needs to be made before we begin. The last outpouring of God's Spirit is going to be greater than any other. Right, Mike? Even greater than the outpouring that occurred on Pentecost. Yeah, that blows your mind, doesn't it? God promised to pour out His Spirit on all flesh before the return of Jesus, and hence we are to expect a mighty revival. That move of God's Spirit will be accompanied by wonders in the sky above and signs on the earth beneath. The glory of the Lord will arise upon the church, and the church will exercise tremendous authority. Christians will grow into maturity. Into the fullness of Christ. They will work together as an army. Work together. Each led by the Spirit of God, the church will be purified and brought into a position of unity and love. The last outpouring of God's Spirit will manifest the glory of God and far exceed the previous blessings already seen. This means that the wineskin for the last outpouring must be even greater, bigger, fuller, and more complete than what was seen in the early church. Man. The wineskin in the New Testament held the wine of that outpouring, but it never was meant to handle the last greater work of God. Of course, we need all the gifts, including those of the apostle and prophet working together. We can, see, we can learn much by studying the early church. We need everything that we see in the New Testament, but we will need more. It is not enough for us to try to reproduce the church structure that we see in the Bible. Some Christians today are obsessed with the idea of going back to the early church methods in every way. But such efforts are vain and unscriptural. God promised to do a new work in our day involving a greater outpouring of His Spirit. The wineskin of the last outpouring will have all the characteristics of the New Testament wineskin, but it will be better. In this, and he goes on, he says, um, In, the next, in this section, we'll look at some of the more obvious characteristics that are essential for complete wineskin. However, we must not limit our thinking to which is described here or to what we, will, what we see in the early church. Um, so that kind of gives you an idea where, well, after all, I said, all I've said tonight, what, do you, what are you thinking about? What's going through your head? What are you thinking about? Change. It all comes down to change. Amen? I, I wrote this out. Um, warning signs of old wineskin mentality. Should I, should I leave you? Should I not read it tonight? And, I'm going to read it. Warning signs of old wineskin mentality. When you think everyone else has to change and you don't. When you think everyone else has to change, and you don't, what is that? Pride. Next one. You're not open for change and refuse to be flexible. Number three. If the new wineskin requires you to change your position or role in the local church, or if you find it difficult to defer to someone else's gift. I'm going to read that one again, because you better be listening. If the new wineskin requires you to change your position or role in the church, 
or if you find it difficult to defer to someone else's gift that must function. That's a good one, I thought. It's the truth. Because if you can't, you're not flexible. You're an old wineskin. Here's another one. You have no desire to deal with the problems and misunderstandings associated with the new wineskin. In other words, you, want to, you, want to, you don't want to deal with the sinners. You don't want to wipe their nose. You don't want to take the time to go knock on their door and hold their hand. You'd just rather come and sit in your pew, same pew stink every week, and not do anything. Here's another one. If you spend too much time thinking about the way things used to be. I liked it better back in 89. If you don't like the fact that the new wine skin will require all five-fold ministry gifts functioning in the local church. That's a big one. Number six, if you refuse the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit by resisting His direction and correction. Say direction and correction and then failing to repent of your sin. What? If you refuse the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit by resisting His direction and correction and failing to repent of your sin. Can you handle one more? i got 48 more. No. If you find yourself griping and complaining about the changes that are being made to prepare for a new wineskin. In other words, you don't like what's going on here. You don't like the direction the worship's going. You don't like the way the format of the services is going. You don't like the new people that all of a sudden are, are starting to take hold and, and, and helping in the ministry. Boy, that's good preaching tonight, whether your face tells me it is or not. Let's stand up. These are the kind of messages, folks. And <clears throat> before I forget, let's pass every give I, I have fifteen, so if you can do one to a couple or whatever. This is an article written by um Dick Mills' son in law, David Michael. Is it his son in law or stepson? And he wrote this a number of years ago. Kathy found it for me, and, and it's, it's excellent. And uh, it talks about, do we have a taste for the old wine or the new? You know, growing up, <clears throat> I'm a German background. She's German. Do you know what kind of wine they served? Who said Mogan David? That stuff is crap. You like? Did you grow up? Did you have that same? Did your dad have Mogan David or Grandpa? Floats. Now, what do you put in ice cream? Well, I I tend to disagree with that, but. In my life, I've had one bottle of wine. (laughs) Smart Alec. I had a a taste of wine many, many years ago. 
that was probably a $100 bottle, and that to me was good stuff. Read this. It'll be good for you. Amen? Say, Pastor Mike, I'm an old wineskin becoming a new wineskin. And if I'm not changing fast enough, please get in my face. Thank you, Pat. That was very good, Patricia. Nicely. I think I'm like a fine wine. I'm aging nicely. Tonight, before we go, and we don't have much time, but I do want to pray for John Tash and this outreach. This is, I guess Kaylee must have sent the itinerary, but the first thing they said was their conditions were primitive, where they're staying and sleeping, which inner city, I don't know where they're staying, but it must not be, you know, it's not the Hilton. You know, when you're seeing a rat as big as trapper <laughs> only the trapper would see a rat like that so let's pray for them and uh, I want to pray for Dennis's brother-in-law Dan his one his one brother is doing much better than had the cancer he said but this brother now found out that he or brother-in-law found out that he has throat cancer and there's they can't operate and uh, that's what Buddy Harrison had. So we want to pray for him and pray for that situation. And, uh, yeah.